Welcome to Not Connected. We are your hosts, Becky Welsh and Nancy Thomas, and we use Christ, counseling, and community to connect with God and others. Welcome back. Uh, so excited to be back, Nancy. I feel like it's been a while. It has, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, and I am super excited because today we are talking about play, one of my absolute favorite subjects. I was going to say, isn't that kind of like your wheelhouse? Uh, this is my jam, for yeah. sure. So take the spotlight, Becky. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, we are, I will kind of interview you this time. How about that? Okay, that sounds good. That sound good? Well, so yeah. we are talking about play today. And if you guys don't know what that is, let's just start off with a basic definition. What in the world is play, Becky? So if if we kind of look at, you know, you know, in our minds, we kind of think of it as, you know, what kids do on the playground or, you know, stuff like that. And honestly, there is so much more to it. It is about creativity. It is about spontaneity. It is about being able to use your imagination and, you know, honestly kind of connecting left brain, right brain um, together. And so it can be so many different things. But what we do know is that play is one of those things that is what we're finding more and more is absolutely necessary, not just for kids, but for everyone. Um, and so it's, it's about doing that thing that um, expresses what's what's going on okay and and so whatever that looks like obviously for kids you know it's uh climbing a tree or jumping rope or playing a game uh those kind of things and and we'll kind of go into that a little bit but you know even as we go into teenage years and then into adulthood our brains are are everything, all of our development still needs play. It just starts looking a little different, right? And so it's, it's not about competition. It's not about like the organized play, which there's still value in that, but that's not the kind of play we're talking about here. This is more of like the creativity of somebody who uh, ends up as a hobby, uh, drawing, painting, writing, um, uh, you know, even going out in nature and, and hiking and looking around, um, picking up stuff, looking at all the different colors, um, being spontaneous about anything like that. Um, it can be working on cars and, um, you know, being able to tinker with stuff like that, using the creativity in that way. Um, so, I, I mean, the sky is the limit, honestly, but it's, it's really about that creativity and spontaneity and imagination and honestly enjoying yourself, yeah. having fun. Those are the two themes I heard from what you said in that definition, enjoyment, right? You find true enjoyment in what you're doing, whatever it is, 
Uh, and then to the like the expressive piece, there's a part of you that gets to come out and integrate like that right and left brain, whether that's as a child or in a, as an adult. Absolutely. Yep. That's it. So you that's mean it. adults can play too? They can and they should. Right. I was just telling you uh, before this that I am really bad at this. And this is something that I have to work on because I think maybe even our society feeds us this idea that it's it's important and like gives you value to be like busy all the time and stay on the go and, you know, accomplish tasks and things like that, that, that just the value of play is really um, not not addressed or not really, uh, you know, considered a priority. That's exactly right. And, and I think that has so much to do with why even teens and adolescents, including myself, you know, I mean, we feel silly doing those things almost. And then on top of that, right, we feel guilty because, you know, we're not working hard enough. And um, that's why I feel like, oh, this is such a passion of mine because, this is part of how God created us and how God wants us to connect with each other is through play. I mean, this is such an instinctual thing. If you look at animals, every single species knows how to play and they do it well and they do it their entire lives. Right. And, and we are the only ones who don't, that we think we have to stop doing that um, and, and, and we don't, yeah. and we shouldn't. Yeah. It gave me so much joy. My daughter just finished her first year of school. She just finished kindergarten and it gave me so much joy that they have two recess sec- like two times where they go out and play for recess. And I was like, Oh, wow. I, I only had one recess going up growing up, but just knowing the power of play from you, I, I was just so thankful that her school chose to do it that way. Cause it's so, so good for them. It is. And, you know, that, that'll get me on my soapbox, but you know, so many in the education system now, so many of the schools are taking that out yeah, um, and putting in more academics and, and more stuff or, you know, taking recess away from kids for behavioral issues. And that's the last thing that they need to take away. So, yes, I love that she and how playful her teacher was. Oh, yeah. She she had the best kindergarten experience. But talk to us about developmentally. What what is the importance of that? Give me a, give us a little science to back this up. OK, so it kind of started. Um, there's there's a, a doctor named uh, Stuart Brown. He actually runs now the Institute of Play, if you can believe that. Um, how cool would that be? Yeah. And, um, he actually was here in Texas, um, long time ago. Uh, and there was a, uh, a mass murder on the UT campus in Austin. Mm. He was called in as a psychiatrist to go, uh, kind of, uh, investigate and, and talk to this mass murder Mm. who got in the tower and, killed a bunch of people just to kind of see if they could figure out his motive and that kind of thing. What he found like really piqued his interest in that he found out that this mass murderer had very, very little play in his childhood. Wow. And because it piqued his interest, he decided to stay down in, in Austin in that prison area 
and began interviewing, uh, I think, hundreds of other of other prisoners mm. in that same uh, uh, prison. Yeah, and found the same thing. Wow, that there was this pattern of a lack of play from early childhood that we know now uh, not only affects them physically, but cognitively and emotionally and all of these kind of things. Why? Because play is the natural mode of communication for children. They do not know how to use, I mean, they, they can speak and they can communicate in words, but to process right. feelings, to uh, communicate what's really going on, they can't do that through language yet. Their brain is not yet developed enough in, in the language part of it to do that. Right. They do through play because play is so much more instinctual, so much more developed from uh, birth. And so, and so what, what happens is um, when, when they play, they learn socially, Mm -hmm. they learn relationships, they learn how, and that's how they communicate. They use toys, they use, other people, they use themselves mm. to communicate, to process emotions, to, to uh, run through experiences that they have through play. Yeah. And so developmentally, that's how all, you know, their brain development happens is through play. Um, and, and so not having that, then all of those uh, parts of the brain were arrested in these in these people that that did not have that kind of spontaneous play. So basically, if we are taking play away from a child, we're basically telling them don't process anything, stuff it all up. No doubt. That's exactly what And that's, that's exactly. Awful. Mhm. And, you know, as trauma-informed and trauma-trained counselors, we know we don't tell that to adults, right? We, we're like, process everything, get it all out, <laughs> journal about it, talk to us about it, right? And so, and we, I guess, we don't put it in the language of kids to really know the significance of what we're doing by taking away play. This is what I say to parents all of the time. If we were sitting here having a, a counseling session and you're sharing your feelings and you're trying to process... And I just come out and I go, stop that. Just stop it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you would kind of go, what are you, huh? Right. I'm trying to talk to, you know, I'm trying to communicate. That's exactly what we do when our kids are trying to play with us, want us to play with them. Um, and even when we tell them the right way to play. Mm. Um, we're, we're kind of saying, Hey, what you're saying, we don't agree with, or we want you to do it this way. And, and that's where, you know, just the knowledge of that can help so much as therapists and as just parents and, and whoever for us to go out there and play. If you don't know how to play, which Nancy, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many adults out there who don't know how to play just start. Right. 
Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and we were just talking, um, you know, about my own experiences with my daughters and how, like, we see these little behavioral concerns come up. And, and Becky, you were suggesting just, just a little bit of time of play um, daily or even weekly, right? And so I want, I want to hear about, because, you know, my kids, I, when I think about play and I'm like, oh, they get lots of play, but there's a difference between them playing and then us sitting there to really reflect what they're playing and, and follow with them uninterrupted. So talk to us about that. So let's think about the difference as adults. If you are trying to process a problem, something that, that bothered you, upset you, and you're trying to work it out, yourself. Right. And so you're just kind of talking to yourself and you're trying to think through it. Um, how different that is than if you are talking with someone that you trust, that you feel safe with, that you can, uh, you know, say the things out loud and process and somebody can kind of help you give uh, a, a different perspective, can help validate what's going on, all of those kind of things, how much different are those two experiences? Right. So different, like worlds different. Worlds different. And so it's the same with children that, you know, yes, we want them to play by themselves and learn how to do that because they're, they're doing, they're learning mastery and, and all of those other things too at that point. But when we sit down to play with them, it's, like entering into their world right. instead of trying to make them come into ours. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's a huge difference. And, you know, like I was telling you, it doesn't take much, yeah. you know, even 15, 20 minutes a week of like full on attention, focus on whatever they feel like doing yeah. um, can make a huge difference. They feel heard. They feel seen. Um, and that's probably one of the things that I hear more often than anything um, with kiddos is I just wish my parents would listen to me. And that's all they're asking for. Right. Right. Yeah. And not offer solutions, not offer any logical explanations, right? Like just listen, because it's that power of like being heard and seen and felt in that deep way, the power of validation that's so important for processing. Exactly. It's, it's what we've been talking about almost in every podcast, right? It, this is the power of connection. Right. And with kids um, and even with each other, we can do that through play. You know, I, I think about us because we work together yeah. and we're also friends. We have to intentionally, and we've said this to each other, yeah. we need to put work aside and just go have fun. Yeah. Right. And just go do something fun together because that's an important part of connection and relationship. 100%. So even as adults, that's so important. It's important for couples to go find something. You don't have to have everything in common, right? but if you can find something, um, that is so, so important for connection. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the whole theme of our podcast, right? Connection is just so crucial. 
But talk to us about practical things. Tell us some ideas of things you could do. Because I know like right before we were, we got on, we were talking about um, like intentional play. And I, there's something that my family has wanted to do for a long time that we haven't gotten to do. And this episode is making me want to put that back on the calendar, Mm -hmm. just date nights with kids. But I would love to get some of your suggestions. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, (laughs) When you think of date night, though, you know, to me, it, it, you're making this big to do and spending a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be f- fun every once in a while, but that's not necessary. Right. And I, I know that's not what you mean. Um, yeah. And so what that can look like is, like I said, you get like a special blanket. Yeah. Or whatever, depending on the age of your kid, right? Yeah. And and you spread that out, and you get a little timer mm. on your phone, mm-hmm. and um, you set it right there, and you and you say, you know, Olivia, for the next twenty minutes, this is your special time with mommy. Yeah. And you get to do whatever you feel like. Mm-hmm. And you present it like that. And, you know, when I first do that with kids in here, they kind of look at me like, and sometimes they even ask me, like, I can do whatever, (laughs) you know. Like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And for the most part, they they can. Mm. Um, Because basically what you're telling them is you can say whatever you need to tell me. Yeah, yeah. There There aren't any things that you can't tell me. That's what you're saying when you say that. And so you leave it that open. And, and I always say no technology, all the senses right. as much as you can. So no phone, no computer, no TV, um, preferably not even any video kind of gaming. Although if there's a lot of interaction, it can be okay. Yeah. But what I, you know, they get to pick and maybe you have three or four things laid out on a blanket um, that you know she loves. Um, But if she's like, well, can we get this? Oh, sure. And they get to play however they want to play. Yeah. It's not a teaching moment time. It's not a time to help her with her ABCs. It's, It's not a time to help her with reading or uh, math or anything like that, right? That's that's for other times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a time to, uh, I'm going to say the word judge. And what I mean by that is to tell them, you know, oh, you did such a pretty picture. This is a time to do that empowerment thing where you say, you worked so hard. I love watching you work this hard. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they may want you to just watch them play. Right. And and when you do, you're just going, oh, look at that. You've got the truck over there. Or look at all the different colors you are using. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of, it's called tracking. Mm-hmm. They may want to have you engage with them, right? And you are the mommy and she is the daughter. And mm-hmm. you guys are going to play house. Mm-hmm. Well... You be that mo- the best, you know, role, you know, person you can be, and you just go all out. And it may feel silly, yeah. but 
that's exactly what they're needing and wanting. And if you don't know what to say next, you just whisper, what should I say? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll tell you. Right. And, and, you know, all of that is just allowing that space for them to say whatever they need to. Yeah. And, and I promise even after just one time of doing that, you're going to see a difference in, in your child. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I, I think we really downplayed the importance of that. And so I'm so glad we're having this conversation and just that non-judgmental piece, I think is so crucial, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are sitting there, there's no judgment here. If we're opening up, up the space, like a safe place, right. That we call it in, in the counseling room, we, we want it to be a safe place for them to share whatever they want to share. And so if we're opening up that safe place, we have to be willing to receive whatever comes out in that safe place. Huh? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And basically the only rules are they can't hurt you and they can't hurt themselves. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 We allow it if we're intentional about it and we make it happen, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Do you have any resources for our parents listening um, that'd be great for them to read or sit with kids and read or even learn for themselves? I will. I will put some resources, um, like even some videos of the power of play and, and all of those kind of things, and maybe even some handouts that I'll, I'll put up. Yeah. To go along with it. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Becky. We know you, I mean, as a registered play therapist and play therapy supervisor, we know that you really know what you're talking about here. And so we trust your judgment and um, we hope that our parents listening um, really got some good ideas. And if not anything else, just really realize the importance of this. Yeah. And just, you know, one time this week, everybody, parent or not, go out and play. Yeah. Have yeah. fun. Okay, so I think we need to plan a play date for us soon. Yeah, we're it's on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening um, and join us next time. We hope to see you then. Bye. Bye. We are so thankful that you have decided to join us today. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope that you'll join us next time as we discover new ways to connect. Also, make sure you like and share our profiles on Facebook and Instagram and sign up for our newsletters to get the most up-to-date information. You won't want to miss it. Don't forget to connect the knots.